Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. The place for pets and the people who love them. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Here are your hosts, practicing veterinarians, Dr. Roger Welton and Dr. Karen Lewis. Hello, pet lovers, and welcome back to another episode of Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. Coming to you with my co-host, Dr. Karen Lewis. My name is Dr. Roger Welton. How are things in Missouri there? Not Missouri. I always think Missouri. I mean, Illinois, another cold square state. Well, we're going to talk about Missouri today. So that, that, that's timely because we're going to talk about Missouri. So or maybe Missouri, maybe. shall we call it? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, sorry Missouri people. But uh, what we're going to talk about in Missouri is not a happy thing. I think you can almost guess where we're going with this, right? Well, we talked about it last episode, didn't we? I think we kind of we, we, we more than teased it. Did we? Yeah. I don't remember. It seemed like a long time ago. Caught it good. So yeah. Ugh. So I because well I know oh I know how I got on the topic because I had my uh, my first official article published and it was like in a real magazine and it was about why I hate new puppy visits and it's when you bring me this cute puppy that everybody's like oh it's so cute and I'm like yeah it's from a puppy mill so thank you for promoting animal abuse everyone have a nice day so um. That got us talking about puppy mills, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think. Oh. And actually saw your print, your in-print article in Bark Magazine. It's in my waiting room. And we, we have our staff meetings in the waiting room because it's a nice open area. So I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of not really paying much attention in the meeting, letting my practice manager run, uh, run with it. And I just picked it up, and I was kind of thumbing through it. And I turned to my team during a lull in the meeting, and I said, Hey, anybody interested in seeing why I loathe puppy visits? The majority of the time, this is why. It's a great article by a friend of mine. So, um, you nailed it. You nailed it because, you know, on one hand, you are just so sad for wherever that puppy came from, right? The 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 misery one or both parents lives in. Um, as you said in your in your article. Many have broken or missing teeth, abscessed teeth, all kinds of cuts and sores from the cages. They've never, they might be laying in their own feces and urine. They never get exercised. They basically sit they and rot and pump out puppies. Yeah, they never see grass. Never they see never grass. see a food bowl. They never see a blanket. They, it's amazing. Some never see the sun or the sky. One right. of the dogs I rescued was afraid to set foot outside because like even the wind was terrifying to her because she was in a pig barn her whole life. Yeah. Born there, raised there. And like, it took a while for her to be able to just be outside and have sun and grass. She felt like she was on Mars, (laughs) you know, from where she'd been. So, so in comes this person with this puppy and everybody's so happy and the whole family's there and the kids are so excited and, you know, you don't want to be a killjoy. And it's like, how do you convey that you want to give them a learning moment, but at the same time not not absolutely ruin their lives with this puppy, you know, and live with this riddled with guilt? And on, on the other hand, though, I, I want them to have the guilt. You know, it's just this tar- horrible juxtaposition you're just dealt with. And 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 around the holidays, God, it's like puppies galore. Uh, you know, I, I try to turf them to my associates. I'm just like. Don't give me the puppy visits. I just, I just don't want to do it. So yeah. anyway, sorry, puppy owners. 
Never <laughs> 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 here to ruin your day. So, um, so what what we we're going to talk about today was how um, the whole puppy mill rescue world is really, really, really changing. And this is news, like as in the last. This is breaking news uh, in the last even couple weeks or months. So um, it's going to be a lot of me talking, unfortunately. So, Roger, if you want to go grab a beverage. or Should <laughs> I make it an adult beverage? <laughs> I might need to. So I'll, I'll make this as short and sweet as I can. But uh, there's. You know, I'm in the St. Louis area close to uh, Missouri, and Missouri is the puppy mill capital of the world. But there's plenty of other puppy mills, too. Oklahoma, Kansas, Iowa, Illinois, you know. Missouri gets the title, but there's a lot of close seconds. So, you know, Pennsylvania. don't. Oh, Pennsylvania is the worst with the Amish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Amish so, are one of the worst offenders. People think the Amish are just so great and sweet and they're actually the cruelest in terms of just in my, in my experience. Yeah. I've uh, seen it too. When I was at Illinois, actually. Yeah. Mm. Cause there was a big Amish community near university of Illinois and there were a few puppy mills there and we would get these people bringing these dogs they got. I'm like, Oh, that's awful. I can't even fake a smile. But, uh, so it's, there's a lot of controversy right now going on, <clears throat> excuse me, with um, puppy mills and how to rescue from them. So basically to kind of go back, so my article talks about how the only way we're going to stop puppy mills, it's supply and demand. You, you stop buying the product and then they go out of business. It's like anything else. You boycott something, stop buying the product, they go out of business. But the hard part is you're looking at this puppy and you're like, oh, I can't leave it there. I have to rescue it. You know, even when you know it's a bad situation, it's very hard to leave. And these days, the thing is, if you don't buy it, some other schmuck will come up 10 minutes behind you <laughs> and will. You know, it's it's disgusting, but it's true. So um, laws aren't going to matter. Uh, Proposition B. Did you ever hear about Proposition B? It made some national news. It was about five years ago. In Missouri? Like, yeah. Yeah, and it passed, right? It did, yeah. Barely. So it, it barely was, passed, but it passed. Yeah, it was my memory. I don't. I do remember the news. I remember. I think I even wrote about it. Um, and yeah. it did pass, but barely. So and it was, was making it? higher standards for puppy mills. So um, instead of a dog living its whole life in a cage where it couldn't turn around, they added six inches or whatever to the cage where it could illegally had to be able to turn around. Realize this is where it's been its whole life. But, you know, so uh, not super impressive stuff, but it was good. And we, uh, as actually at the time working for the Humane Society of Missouri, and they were really active in trying to get it passed. And um, the ASPCA was there. You know, everybody was trying to get it passed. And it did pass. And the problem is because Missouri is such a puppy mill state and puppy mills are considered farming agriculture. So the Congress, whatever they call that, like the House of Representatives or the Senate, but the, for the, the state version in Missouri. State legislature. Much, that's what it is. Thank you. I'm like, what's a bunch of losers in the Capitol? Pick your state. <laughs> so yeah, right. um, anyway, they had a they were in the pockets of a lot of breeders and uh, there were even members of the legislature who were like, I breed dogs and you can't do this. And so they basically gutted Prop B. So all of this success of yay, we're going to make the laws stricter and make it harder, it got gutted. So laws aren't the answer. Uh, laws also have to be enforced. And if no one chooses to enforce them or if there's only a handful of inspectors for a whole state, obviously not going to happen. So 
supply and demand is really the best way to stop them. So the problem is some rescues are becoming part of the problem. That's kind of the big controversy right now. So it used to be like 20 years ago, and my God, I've been, I'm aging myself to say I did this 20 years ago, but um, there no, were really. uh, rescues. I was really young then, let's just say. But, um, like 10. There were rescues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Sure. Um, who would make friends with some puppy millers who, this is going to sound crazy, but they, they had a heart. And it's an extremely profitable business because Americans are such suckers for puppies. So they would breed these dogs, breed these dogs, and they're like, you know what? This dog can barely walk. He can't eat the hard food because his jaw fell off. You know, here, take him. And so a lot of rescuers would take these old, worn-out mill dogs, and it was fantastic. And some of these people even drive, like, miles to meet rescuers off the highway to save them driving, which is, hey, cool. Maybe they don't want the rescuers at their house. But you know what? They're giving us a dog that they would otherwise shoot, so we're just happy to give that dog a life. And so that that still goes on a little bit less to an extent. But another aspect of rescue that is changing rapidly is puppy mill auctions. So there was a fantastic article. I don't know if you saw it, Dr. Roger. It was in Rolling Stone magazine about a year ago about puppy mills. No. I don't get Rolling Stone magazine. Um, How did you I'm end up in not... Rolling Stone magazine? Doesn't sound like your forte. <laughs> No, but I saw it because somebody sent it to me. It was it was a fantastic article, and I was thrilled to find such an article in Rolling Stone because talk about getting to a lot of people who are not dog people but just need to know because who knows about puppy mills? Dog people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is going to get to just everybody. So it was – and they did a fantastic job. I tell everybody, I'm like, if you haven't read a Dr. Roger, find, it, it's online on Rolling Stone's website, but it, it should be required reading. It's fantastic. And they talk about uh, the reporter actually uh, attended a dog auction and they have these monthly, a couple times a month, depends on the time of year, where basically all the puppy mills can go and try to sell their old worn out ones. Or if they decide they're going to breed Havapoos instead of Cockapoos, they'll sell all their Cockers and buy a bunch of Havanese. And so this is how you rotate your stock. Like breeding stock, just like you would of cows and pigs and sheep, dogs, all the same, you know, all the same category. So it used to be that years and years ago, we would get dogs from dog auctions and you kind of had to be stealthy and pretend you like weren't a rescuer because if they knew you were in rescue, they'd kick you out and you couldn't say anything. And you'd watch them like throw a dog across the table and you just had to sit there and not say anything because you would get kicked out and you're there to save dogs. I've never been to a dog auction for this reason because I'd be in jail. Mm. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> it's just the end of it. So there are some really, really, really very dedicated people who go to these on behalf of rescue and they bid. And I have a very good friend who does this and um, it's changed a lot. And this, but what I want to talk about is how rescues are actually feeding the puppy mill industry. It used to be there were throwaway dogs. I mean, I remember years ago I'd get a dog for $10 or like, three dogs for $5, you know, they don't want to spend the money on a bullet. They don't want to mess with it. They're like, here's take these dogs. It was, it was great. It was a great way. We weren't feeding the industry. We were getting dogs out, giving them, showing them what a life was, you know, outside of a puppy mill. And these poor dogs got to experience life. So then it became kind of, I guess, in vogue to be like, Hey, I rescued this dog from a puppy mill. So there's rescues 
where they get this money, I have no idea. But they have a lot of money, like tens of thousands of dollars, and they go to these puppy mill auctions. In Rolling Stone magazine, in that article, the guy mentioned a, a rescuer who dropped $60,000 at an auction. Okay, huh. this isn't getting dollar dogs. Where'd the 60, 60 grand come from? I, I, I want to know who their fundraiser is because they're brilliant. Um, and so this has happened from time to time. And so there was a recent auction where there was a bunch of really old Maltese's and I like Maltese's a lot. And I had rounded up some fosters and usually the prices have gone up. Like I actually, and I feel kind of bad about this. I spent $300 to get a 10 year old Maltese out uh, last year, which was more than I wanted to spend because I just hate to give them that money, you know, but I'm like, Ugh, what do I, a rock in a hard place. I want to get her out. I hate giving them $300, but they're not going to get rich on my $300, you know, but if everybody does that, they will. So anyway, so she went to get some Maltese's and there were some rescues. There were some very, very deep pockets. And uh, one example was there was an old male. I forget how old he was. He didn't have any teeth, didn't have a bottom jaw. And he sold for $1,700 to a rescue, which is mind boggling. So, so, so why are they? Why are they haggling over the dogs? Like, why doesn't somebody make a bid and then everybody shuts up? <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> it's like, okay, and, 50 bucks. Going once, going twice, shut your hole. Don't drive up the price. Yes. Well, the, they, the thing is, now now they know that these rescues come in with money. So they'll start the bidding at 1000 Oh, jeez. So, and they're like, nope, okay. And the rescues won them. And so, yeah, so it's. So we, we came out of there with zero dogs because I'm like, I, no, <laughs> I have I have standards, you know, um, but it's really sad. And so now a lot of puppy mills are like, you know what? I used to give my dogs away, but if I can get a thousand bucks for this dog at an auction, I mean, I get it. You'd be an idiot not to, <laughs> you know, I mean, if people were going to come and pay that. So now here we have rescue saying they're walking around the auction wearing don't shop adopt shirts. So the whole mystique has changed it used to be you had to be stealthy and like undercover and not act like your rescue and now they're like blatantly rescues and puppy mill auction service loves them because they're great customers their yeah. money is as great as anybody else's so it's really changing and um, i'm curious to see how this progresses because this is all changing within the last couple of years and this most recent auction was the most drastic and my friend was like i'm not going to even go to auctions anymore because why <laughs> i mean she's like i didn't even get a bid in i sat there froze my butt off and watched rescues bid against each other and she's like i just wanted to bang their heads together because <laughs> she's just she's been doing this for years she knows the system and this is not the system these people are amateurs or you know and they're just coming in wanting to be heroes and drive home with their truck full of dogs Driving the up the price of the dogs, wasting fundraised money, right? Because yeah. was it private donations and fundraisers? And there's a local rescue here that has a thrift shop, you know. And you, yeah. you, you think you're giving this money in good faith. Meanwhile, if I gave good, good, hard-earned money to a rescue, and I found out they were doing this, I'd be done. <laughs> I, I really well, I know. And it's, <clears throat> well, and so how can you say don't shop adopt when you're shopping? Big time shopping. I mean. I mean, it's no different than buying a puppy in a pet store. So I understand that 
it, it's an emotional decision they're making and they and they want to get these dogs out and I'm glad these dogs are ending up in rescue. I mean, oh my god, I'm thrilled. But we're feeding we're feeding the puppy mill economy. So we almost need to have no rescues go to auctions at all for like a year and just be like, no, and let the prices go back down to where it's like, hey, sure, 10 bucks for this dog, you know, because that's those days right now are gone. And it's sad because there's a lot of dogs who are going to suffer because rescues can't keep doing this. And so they're just going to die in a puppy mill where it used to be we could work with people and get them out. So. But they will keep doing it. One of the things I've learned about rescues and all the years that I've been working with them in terms of giving them discounted services if they got legitimate 501c3 paperwork. I mean, you can't just come with, come into my clinic and be like, I'm a rescuer. No, you oh, need yeah. 501c3 paperwork. Yeah, you have to have gone through the trouble to do this. So at least there's some legitimacy to it. Um, not You're not just a hoarder. <laughs> um, but, but at any rate, uh, what I've learned is – I mean, this is perfect – I shouldn't name names, but what the heck? I don't care. <laughs> there was Space Coast Feline Rescue, right? That that was the that was, that was the big rescue when when uh, or the cat rescue when I first you know arrived here in 2004. That splintered off into three groups within about three years because there was different factions that thought about running it different ways, different opinions on how things should be done. I think that ended up splintering into six groups. Now I don't work with any of them. <laughs> you know, and so getting rescuers to agree can be worse than getting Congress to agree. Oh, it really God, could. I know. Be- because you're throwing now, at least at least Congress, you have you have people that are just complete, complete and utter scumbags that have really no emotional attachment to anything than, you know, whoever's funding their campaign. Themselves. What's yeah. that? All they care about is themselves. Themselves. Rescuers yes. legitimately care, and that actually right. ups ups the vitriol because they care so much they can get quite nasty with each other. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, and and so you know, and they're good people individually, but you know, they have trouble playing well in the sandbox very often, and and so I don't see anybody agreeing to not go to these auctions. I'd say good luck with that. I know, and and but I mean, where where is it? Are we gonna have? I mean, there's there's dogs selling for five thousand dollars. Old. I mean, I'm like, That's who? Crazy. Who's? Why? So you, let's, you know what? I mean, you're better you're, off going and buying their puppies. They get less money off of you. It sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's so silly. So I don't understand what this whole. And I think it's the oh, I want to be a hero and say oh, look how great I am and I rescued this dog and that's great. But there's other ways to do it. And mm-hmm. feeding the puppy mill industry, which is what they're doing, they're no different. Like you said, no different than buying a puppy online. Maybe it's worse. <laughs> so. Um, Buying a yeah, puppy so, and then giving them a donation for their trouble <laughs> on yeah. top of it. Oh, I my know. goodness. Oh, my God. So, I don't know. This all just happened in the last month where it got this bad. Mm-hmm. And there were some new rescues that hadn't been there before and uh, obviously uh, didn't really know what they were doing. And uh, kudos to them. Well, kudos for their fundraising ability. Good God. Uh I used to have a rescue and our annual budget was like 5,000, you know, like for everything. So, um, but yeah, we got a, there's a, there's, there's a better way and this is not it. So that was more of my, um, I guess instead of a podcast, this is a plea, this episode of, Hey, let's not give more money to abusers because for that one dog you rescue, you've now empowered them to go buy 10 more dogs and torture them. So what have you accomplished in the grand scheme of things? Not a whole lot, and, you know, and, and we, we, 
we kind of touched on this a little bit pre-show, but you know, you got the new law in California where they basically outlawed puppy mills. And well, they outlawed pet shops. Pet, yeah, well, yeah, pet, pet shops cannot sell dogs from puppy mills, and and so right. they they can only they can still sell dogs, but they have to come from a, a shelter, uh, a government shelter. So uh, that that's my understanding of the law. So you know. Of course, the cynic in me, or I'm already thinking, you know, what, what's going to be the way around this? You know, there's got to well, be a way. Fine. So yeah. they're only referring to stores, and nobody yeah. gets dogs from a pet shop. Everybody knows they come from puppy mills. Well, hopefully, if you've not been living under a rock for the last 20 years. Yeah, you'd, be but, um, you'd be amazed. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But, I mean, you get them all online these days anyway, and anybody yeah. can make a cute site and have fake pictures of puppies, which, <laughs> newsflash, the puppy in the picture is not the puppy you're buying. <laughs> No, right, no. And, and and how does this apply to backyard breeders who can be every bit as hideous as a puppy mill, right? So I, I use those terms interchangeably. Backyard breeders are just small scale puppy mills. Same difference, right? You know, Agreed. I mean, yeah. And they'll sell on Craigslist and stuff like that. And is that illegal? So you know, you just wonder how much of a difference is that going to make, other than really a statement. And I'm glad they made the statement. I'm not, you know, I'm not disparaging yeah. it. They made the statement. It's a starting point. Um, you know, they already had cities that had made the laws like san francisco la and finally they just mm-hmm. said no let's make it a state law and um you know you just wonder if any other states are going to follow i would say it would start on the coasts you know like everything oh, yeah. else like you know the state uh same-sex marriage kind of started on the coast and then you know legalized marijuana started on the coast and it's kind of a making its way inward um you know. yeah <laughs> yeah so maybe but the thing is as long as you can buy puppies online you can make all the rules you want but mm-hmm. most people go online to get them anyway and it's just, yeah, and you see them for sale even in Canada, you know. And what, what's what's Canada's policies on this stuff? I don't know. Yeah, but um, but when you live in the Midwest, it's easy to go to the to buy them from the breeder because you drive four or five hours. They meet you off the highway because they're going to save you some driving, and they don't want you to see what their place is like, you know. Yeah. But um, oh my gosh, I have to say, so um, some good friends of mine were driving through extreme rural Missouri to buy some heirloom seeds. They're, they're gardening buffs. And there's, there's an heirloom seed company that's like way out in Hillbillyville, Missouri. Like there's, a, there's not even named towns, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just random roads. So you're driving on these random roads and there's signs everywhere. Golden retriever puppies this way, cocker wow. puppies this way. Just like, they're like, we're, we're going there to buy seeds and we're getting more and more depressed because we're like, Oh, we know we're in Puppy Mill Central, but did have to make it this obvious? I mean, like all these signs with all these breeds of dogs with arrows nailed to the tree. I mean, it's yeah. just mind-boggling. They don't care. It's a way of life. You know, it's this those people see nothing wrong with it. You know, they they funny, and they are so rich. I mean, don't think these are like people that are Hoosiers missing teeth and you know, walk around without shoes on. No, these are people who have like Cadillac Escalades parked in the driveway. Like, this is not, I mean, they they live in these rural areas, but they're, they're raking it in. They drive master cars. I do. (laughs) So, so, so so here you've been to this area a few times, right? Oh yeah. Um, North of where I live, there's an area called Titusville. I've been there. Yeah. Titusville is decent, but just outside of Titusville, there's this, there's this, I don't know if it's a town or whatever. It's called Mims, M-I-M-S. 
you, Never you, been there. you cross over into Mims, you, you might as well, you might as well be in the movie Deliverance. It's kind of how it feels. Yeah. And there's a lot of, a lot of those back quote unquote backyard breeders. And these people are not wealthy <laughs> or if they no. are, they, they have, they have no inclination of spending a nickel of it, but you know, um, it's, it's, like I said, it's deliverance. And um, these are the cra- the Craigslist sales that we see a lot here on the Space Coast are out of MIMS. Um, and it's just hideous. But, you know, if you're going up to MIMS for a puppy, I mean, that's just that's a level of ignorance that I just you, you have no shot. I don't even want you walking through my 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 clinic door. But you have to educate people somehow because I don't you know, want they your don't money. Want... <laughs> you're just too stupid for <laughs> me. Know. Just get out. <laughs> It's hard because I have people that I'm like, oh, my God, how do I tell you this? And the funny <laughs> thing is, these are the people who voted for Prop B, like right. the people who like volunteered and put signs in the yard, vote yes on Prop B are the ones who then bring me their random mixed breed puppy they got online. And I'm like, what do you think you're doing? You're, you, 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 you like passed out flyers against puppy mills and now here you are supporting them. But oh no, they, I asked that they were a puppy mill and they said no. I hear that a lot. I'm like, yes. Yeah. It's like the person who's about to mug you. You're like, are you going to mug me? No, okay, we'll be friends then. You know, like, no. I got, I got a lovely one for you. And I don't know if this is just a Florida phenomenon or redneck Florida phenomenon, but there's a, a flea market here, US1 flea market. And, you know, it's, it's off of 95 and it's been between 95 and um, US1. And it's only about eight miles south of here. <clears throat> and a lot of the, I don't know, what do you call them, stalls or whatever the little mm-hmm. spaces they rent, a lot of them are people selling dogs. And I, yes. wonder, I wonder where they come from. And they, they, they call themselves Mims. dealers, right? right? Mims yeah. or yeah. who knows. So I had this, this lady, you know, a lot of these little old ladies love to go to the flea market, right? And, and I have this wonderful, wonderful client, and she's just a dear, dear, dear old lady, like one of those little old ladies that you just would love to have her as your grandma. And yeah, just wonderful, sweet, sweet lady. Um, and she's, you know, she went there to browse for whatever, had no intention of getting a puppy. And she's walking by and this dealer grabs her and says, hey, how would you like me to give you one of my puppies? And she says, well, I don't I don't need a puppy right now. She, he goes, please, please. He goes, um, I can't get any money for this one. She just has a little, little heart murmur. No big deal. Won't affect her at all in her life. And, you know, she really needs to have a life. And, and I think you're perfect. Um, and he suckers her into taking this puppy. Well, she brings a puppy into me. It's a little. Well, at least he gave it to her. I mean, kudos he, to him for at least that. He gave honestly. it to her. Gave it to her. Yeah. Um, so she comes in all excited about this free puppy. And she goes, oh, what the heck? I could use a new friend. And <clears throat> I heard it came from this flea market. But like you said, okay, we gave it to her. Yeah. It's probably still a creep, but all right. Yeah. So, but it, it's like a little bit of a heart. Um, um, you know, it, it could be worse. Well, here it gets worse. It gets better or oh, worse. Okay. <laughs> um. I put my stethoscope on the chest of this dog. It's the first thing it's you do when you do seven. puppy examination. Yeah. This was not a little murmur. This was a grade five out of six, and you know it, machinery murmur. Yeah. So basically it sounds like <clears throat> it sounds like um, a washing machine, literally. And mm-hmm. there, there's almost no audible beat. And uh, I think at this point it's six out of six, which is one of the rare ones I've actually – gone to the highest grade I could possibly give it, which is a six out of six. And we diagnosed this puppy with patent ductus arteriosus, obviously. Um, yeah. Basically, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a defect where um, the, the, the blood, a lot of the blood gets shunted around the lungs, so it actually isn't 
a lot of it isn't passing through the lungs. It's actually skipping the lungs and going to the other side of the heart and getting pumped out uh, in an unoxygenated fashion. Of course, the heart is trying to keep up by beating faster and harder. And so that's, this is a big mess. This dog is already on the, uh, three medications, vet med and allopril and a Lasix, and it's one year to It needs old. surgery. What's that? Yeah. It needs surgery. You can't afford it. Oh, God. It's it. The free dogs are always the most expensive. Yes. Right? And so, she, yeah, so she said, you know, I'm just going to love her and baby her and do everything I can and let her live out her life, uh, which is going to be congestive heart failure probably before that dog's two years old. Um, mm-hmm. So that really nice man really screwed this little old lady who has a little tragedy on her hands. Um, yeah. A, a simple a coil problem. procedure, really easy to fix that, actually. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, 1600 to $2,000 for her to do that she's just like i'm on a fixed income i can't do it so i'm not gonna judge her we'll do the best we can but you know i don't know the whole thing is just so and and, and they will tell you anything i had a client who had you're gonna love this one a rare chihuahua a rare they chihuahua. that chihuahuas are rare and so in that clinic the joke was oh wait here comes the rare chihuahua which they're like a dime a dozen, but she and like and the dog like didn't look unusual, you know. But they in this pet shop they convinced her that Chihuahuas are a very very rare breed, and she really needed to invest in this dog as an investment. For and so we always joked and put, but I'm like, yeah, but people they'll tell you anything, but they they took her for a lot of money. So but, um, but so was it was it one of those little Chihuahuas that fit in the palm of your hand that like shaped yeah. constantly, or was it a normal Chihuahua? It was a decent, it was like a four pound chihuahua, like a decent, you know, it wasn't like one of those one and a half pounders that you're like, how do you live? Oh, wait, you don't, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, and see- she ended up being a normal, healthy dog, but I'm, but yeah. So anyway, your story about the, um, flea market reminded me of that lady and her rare chihuahua. Her rare chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard of the breed at the quote unquote breed? I can't even call it a breed. They call it the teddy bear. I've I've seen it listed in puppy mill auctions because yeah. whenever they have an auction, they have a catalog they put out that I read. Yeah, it's this. What like, is it like a Pomeranian and what? It's a Pomeranian, a Shih Tzu. What's the third dog? Oh, there's three. Oh Jesus. Yeah, it's a three. It's a three. It's a three dog cross. Oh, Pomeranian, yay. Shih Tzu, Havanese baby. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. I forget. And I, and I think I think the breeds change depending on who you talk to. Oh, I'm sure yeah, because it's so all made up. Graphic called ways, the so. teddy bear. Yeah. Yeah. Sitting there like, oh my god, really? Oh, I know. I know there's some there's some made up breeds in these auctions. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I'm like <laughs> trying to dissect the word, and I'm like, I don't know what two words went into that. I just don't even know. And they charge thousands of dollars for those. So anyway, so the take home message is, guys, well, a don't buy a dog online. B Everybody knows don't buy a dog from a freaking pet shop. But also find out about your rescue. I mean, rescues are great, and I am not here to tell anybody to not get a dog from a rescue by any means. But just, you know, ask the questions and be like, hey, that's so awesome to get dogs from puppy mills. How much did you pay for this dog to buy its freedom? Because a lot of people call it buying their freedom. And, mm-hmm. and you are. that Literally, you are. But it's it's a fine line. And am I guilty because I paid $300 for that Maltese? I mean, sometimes I'm like – Oh my God, I just gave him $300 for this dog and she lived, she lived 10 months because she had horrible liver failure and horrible, um, chronic pulmonary disease. When I got her, she was purple. Her tongue was purple and they said, Oh, she moans a lot. I'm like, no, she's wheezing and gasping for breath. But I'm so glad I got her because I, I just kept her for 10 months and babied her and 
got her breathing and got her not purple <laughs> and gave her an awesome life. But am I, am I guilty? Maybe I'm not here to, I'm not like sitting on my high horse pointing fingers at all, you know, saying, Oh, you're all bad. I'm saying we all need to not give these people money if this is ever going to stop. And how much is too much, you know? So that's another question too, right. you know? So it's it's like, like my answer, my first, my initial impression to answer you was, well, at least it wasn't five grand you spent. Well, yeah. right. I'm like, <laughs> 300, you know, but then, well, what's the next one's 500. Well, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, exactly. Where do you stop? And now we have 1700 for a dog with no bottom jaw, right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, which no one cares about that because it's not where they breed. But, um, <clears throat> well, one of our more depressing episodes for sure, but um, something that everybody needs to hear about. It's not all, you know, blank and giggles, you know, what we do. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of heartache. It's a lot of misery, you know, and, and, you know, we do it because we we're passionate about it, but it, God, some, some days ruin my day, you know, oh, um, I know. Just in what you encounter and what you hear and what you learn, you're just like, why do I even bother? Um, but I will say, uh, I, I would like to end on a good note. I saw something awesome today. Ooh, what'd you see? Not in practice. I saw it on Facebook, actually. It's a true story, though. It went viral. Um, have you ever seen the show and or the movies Jackass? I've heard of them. Does that count? <laughs> I've heard of them enough to know that I don't want to watch them. <laughs> Do you live in a box? Um, not genre. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I don't blame you for not liking Jackass, but I like I, they're They're... It's like a train wreck. You can't look away. Um, but but, but for people who have not seen Jackass, these are a bunch of young guys. Well, they were young guys. They're all about my age. And there was a time when they were younger. And they would just do this outlandish, stupid, crazy stuff that was very injurious to their life or um, just absolutely insane and do these crazy stunts. And um, and then they did movies. And one of one of the Jackass guys, his name is Steve-O. He's kind of the funniest one. He's also the craziest. What's that? Yeah. I've heard of Steve-O. Yeah, I've heard of Steve-O. Cool. Steve-O was famous for doing the wasabi snooters. <laughs> he actually took wasabi and poured soy sauce in it and snorted it. Oh, God. And then started convulsively vomiting. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's not even remotely, like, crazy compared to some of the other stuff he's done, but that was one of his first crazy ones. Well, Steve-O, I actually met Steve-O in, uh, in California back in 06. Uh, he lived in a condo upstairs from my buddy Steve, so I actually hung out with him for an hour and... He's as crazy as, it ad- as, as advertised. Well, Steve I think it's why it was only an hour that you hung out. Yeah, only an hour. Yeah, <laughs> only an hour. But um, the the um, the cool thing that happened was he went to Peru with with his some of his jackass buddies, and they were just doing whatever they were doing down there. And he found this this like stray dog that he just kind of looked at the dog, and the dog was just all curled up, like not really moving. And he felt bad for the dog, so he came over and he gave her some food, and she just gobbled down the food like. Like she never had a meal. She probably hadn't had one recently. Well, she looked up at him and he looked at her big ears and she's kind of looking at him sideways. And he's like, well, good luck, sweetie. And he's walking away and she follows him all the way home. It was a 20 minute walk back to the hotel. So he sneaks the dog into the hotel and she's covered in fleas and he gets her all cleaned up and gives her a bath. And then he and then he this this was this is what's truly amazing. The hotel director um, caught him and. So you can't have the dog in here. He goes, oh, please, please, I'm flying out tomorrow. I'm going to find out. I'm flying out this week. I'm trying to get the dog out of here with me. I'm taking her back with me. Please, I can't put her back on the street. I can't put her outside. Guy said, no. You know what Steve-O did? He went and pitched a tent outside so he could sleep with the dog. Oh, my God. Isn't that something? <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. So he takes the dog, somehow gets it out of the country, back to the United States. The dog now lives with him in California. Uh, he got her vetted. He got her 
uh, you know, deworm, defleed, spayed, the whole nine yards, got all our immunizations, and he's in love with this dog and has a friend for life. So, you know, if Steve-O's got a heart, that there, there's hope for this world. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, and actually, even sleeping in the tent might have been, like, just one of his tricks, you know. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. In Peru? <laughs> I know, no kidding. That is cool. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, the point of doing this wasn't to depress you, but to say, you know what? It's got to change, and there are ways to do it, and here's how. So, yeah, you know, maybe maybe that'll help. But if you want to read my article, it's on my blog, vetchick.com. Uh, it's it's the very first blog article on there, why this vet hates new puppy visits. And uh, so check it out, and just do your due diligence if you're shopping for a puppy. That's how I'll leave it. Agreed. Agreed. And that's a great way to leave it. There's 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 – honorable and ethical ways to get puppies, you know, and that's not one of them, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> good night, everybody. Or, nice to talk to you. Oh, wait, Hey, we, we've got the teaser. Oh, Oh, which actually we kind of talked about a little bit we with that. With did. Your... I should have segued. I'm so stupid. I was going <laughs> to, and then I got distracted by your story and I got all into it. Steve, anyway. Steve, I know Steve. Oh, just very distracting. Yes. Yeah, so um, one of our one of our um, regular um, commenters, her name is Betsy from Wisconsin. She asked us to do a topic on heart murmurs, and I think that's a great topic. And I, uh, Dr. Karen and I went back. I couldn't find in the last two years that we've done anything on heart murmurs, and we just talked about a bad machinery murmur. So. Yeah, and we talked, and so, and she said her cat had a grade two heart murmur. So, I will talk about heart murmurs more in detail besides just getting bamboozled at the flea market. Yes. <laughs> so we'll talk about legit yeah. murmurs in legit patients. They happen every day, right? I, for me, not a day goes by in practice that I don't pick up a new murmur. Oh, uh, well, I still have patients per day given the nature of my practice. So <laughs> right. I don't thankfully yeah. I don't have as many, but yes. <laughs> Understood. If you did, though, you'd pick up at least a murmur a day. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I still get more more than I would expect to. And you're always – it's funny because you're, you're listening to this animal and you hear the murmur and you're like, crap, do they know about it or am I the first one to tell them? And the ones that I'm like, do you know about the heart? They're like, oh, yeah, I've had it for years. I'm like, oh, thank God, you right. know, <laughs> when yeah. it's a new patient versus the ones they are like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, and I'm going to ruin your day. So, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, Um yeah, I'm not going to elaborate any further. Uh, there's another yeah. reason why I get a lot of murmurs that they don't know about, but I'm going to save that for the next episode. <laughs> yes. yes. And our Big next sense. episode will be funner again and not as depressing, we promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 